Welcome to our podcast here at Trinity West Church. We believe that you will be enriched by today's message. Let's open our hearts to receive God's Word. Would you turn to the book of Deuteronomy? It's in the Old Testament. And, uh, of course, it's in one of the what's called the Pentateuch, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and, of course, then Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to review a little bit, and we're going to finish what I started last week, a message called, I am blessed. I am blessed. I have said that many times over my lifetime. Boy, I'm just so blessed. I'm blessed with great relationships. I'm blessed with great friendships. I'm blessed in so many different areas. I'm just blessed. And I look sometimes at how God's blessed us financially because Cynthia and I just, we, when we first got married, we had nothing. We literally had nothing. And so I look at how God's blessed us, and I look around and I say, wow, I am blessed. However, really that's not the true measurement of blessing because Paul said this. Paul said in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, he said that Jesus said actually this, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Acts 20, 35 says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Well, if that's true, and we believe it is, then the true measurement of our, of our blessing, the way to really measure our blessing, is not by how much we have. That's not... That's not the thing. Because if the true measurement of of our blessing is not what we have, but what we give, then we ask ourselves this, how blessed are we? Because that's the true measurement. It's not how much we have. It's really how much we give, because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So we said a couple things last week, and one of them was this, and this is so important, and if I could instill any principle in you, Uh, not just financially, but in any area of your life, it's this. We said that God deals in percentages, and the first percentage he deals with us is 100%. It is the principle of 100%. 100% of everything that we own belongs to God. Isn't that good news? The car that you thought was yours, that you drove over here, that you're going to get in on the way home, guess what? It's not yours. The house that you slept in last night, guess what? Now, some of you go, well, maybe it wasn't mine. I guess I was at a... But no, it's not yours. The money in your bank account with your name on it, guess what? It's not yours. Nothing, all of it belongs to God. Why? Because Psalms 24 says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and actually everybody and everything that's in it. All of it belongs to God. None of it's ours. And this is a principle we have to learn in our lifetime, that everything that we own belongs to God. Hallelujah. We just have to make that transition in our mind. And we said, really, what happens is we have to go from owner, because if you walked in here thinking you owned it all, or you even owned any of it, you have to go from owner to manager, or what the Bible calls a steward. And so we we talked about stewardship. Stewardship is this. Stewardship is the mindset and the practice that everything that we own, or at least everything we thought we owned, 
really belongs to somebody else. It all belongs to God. We're just stewards. We're just managers of it. Everything comes from God, therefore everything belongs to God. Hallelujah. Can everybody agree with that? Everything comes from God, therefore everything belongs to God. Now, I have been saved for a very long time, and I've been in full-time ministry for 21 years. I've never met one person that disagrees with that. Maybe they're out there. I've never read one book that disagreed with it. I never saw one blog, one comment. I never saw anybody disagree with the principle of 100%. I've never seen that in my life. I've never talked to anybody about that. Everybody pretty much that I've ever met, that I've ever talked to, everything that I've ever read, everybody believes, yes, yes, everything that we have belongs to God. But they struggle with this next one. The next percentage that God deals with us is the principle or the percentage of 10%. But I don't know why it's such a struggle. The first percentage he deals with us is 100. The second percentage he deals with us is 10%. Now, if he owns 100, how is it difficult? Really? How, where, where's the difficulty in, in the 10? It's like kind of saying this to me. Everybody knows if you've attended this church for any period of time, you know that I have a love for Porsche 911s. I don't know why. It's just, it's just what I've gravitated to. I've never driven one. I've never owned one. I just walk by them and stretch my hands and say, God, one day, if it be thou will, would thouest pleasest give me one of these cars. Um, and I joke about it quite a bit. I don't actually pray for them, but I, I just love them. If somebody was to come say to me, you know, Brian, I, I want to give you a Porsche 911. I just, wanna, I just want to just bless you with one. And feel free, if that's anybody in here, but it, I, I, if somebody was to do it, and then they were say to me, but here's the deal. You can have it for 10 months, but then I get it for the next month. 10 days, but then I get it for one day. You could have it for 10 years, but then I get it for one year. In other words, I get this car 10% of the time. Do you think that I would, for one moment, struggle with that? For one moment, do you think that I would even consider it, whether or not I should take this deal? Oh, what, you're going to give this car to me, and you're going to pay for the gas, and you're going to pay for the insurance, and you're going to fix it if anything ever happens? You mean, you mean all I get to do is enjoy it, but you want it 10% of the time? Absolutely. I just want it on Sundays so that I could drive it to church and park it right in the front. That's all I want. I just want that, okay? No, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just joking, but... But I would, now, see, here's the thing. God does the same with us. He blesses us with everything. Everything that we have, he blesses us with. But here's what he asks for. He asks for 10% back. How many of you think that's a pretty good deal? That's, that's a pretty good deal. But then even on top of that, he continues to bless us and bless us and bless us. So we're going to answer three questions today. Here's the three questions we're going to answer, and there are three great questions. And that's this. What is tithing? Why 10%? And why does God want it first? Those three questions we're going to answer. What is tithing? Why 10%? And why does God want it first? 
See, I think 10% is easy when you understand the 100%. So let's talk about the first one. What is tithing? Well, let me start with this. Here's what tithing is not. Tithing is not you giving God the first 10% of your money. That's not tithing. Now, some of you are going, Pastor, I thought that was tithing. It's not tithing. Let me just say it again, and then you understand what I mean. Tithing is not you giving God the first 10% of your money. Do you see where I'm going? What is tithing? Tithing is returning to God the first 10% of his money. That's what tithing is. It is returning to God the first 10% of his money. See, if you don't understand the 100% principle, you'll never get the 10% principle. But if you get the 100%, if you really get it, if you really understand that everything that I have and everything that I own and everything that I've ever made and the strength in my body and the wisdom in my mind and the business that I built and all of it, everything comes from God and belongs to God. Then listen, 10%. It's easy. Because you are returning. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you give your tithe. It always says you bring your tithe. Now you say, well, pastor, that's just semantics. It's important semantics. It's not just verbiage. It's not just words. It's a mindset that we have. This is not mine to give. I'm not doing God any favors. See, there are people who give 10% as if they're giving God a favor, and they, they call it tithing. That's not tithing. Listen, if, if you're just giving 10%, if you're budgeting 10% and you're going, okay, I'm just going to budget 10% aside and, and, and I'm going to bless God with my money, then you're not tithing, okay? You're trying to tip God. That's not how it works. Tithing is saying, God, I thank you for everything that you have done with me, for me. I thank you for everything that you have given me and I gladly return to you the first 10% of that which you have blessed me with. That is truly tithing. Now, why 10%? Isn't that a great question? Where do we get 10% from? Well, we, the word tithe in the Old Testament actually means a tenth, one-tenth. So when God says bring tithes, he says bring 10%. But it's more than just that. It's two reasons. Number one is this. God gives us a percentage because it's fair, it's equal, because everybody's involved with it. Unlike our U.S. tax code, where it says we're going to take more from people who have more and we're going to take less from people who have less and, and you can be exempt if you really know the loopholes. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. God has a fair percentage. It's the same for everybody. He doesn't ask more from those who have more and less from those who have less. He just simply asks for a percentage. Nobody's exempt from it. You say, well, Pastor, I don't, I, I don't make much. I don't have much. Well, listen, he's just asking for a percentage. It's just a percentage. So, so that's fair across the board. But it's so much more than just a percentage. The more important reason is this. In the Bible, the number 10 represents testing. Let me just give you a couple examples of, of how the 10 represents testing. 
In the Bible, throughout the scriptures, let me just give you a few examples. God sent ten plagues to Egypt, ten plagues, to test Pharaoh's heart. Jacob, in the Old Testament, his wages were changed ten times. The children of Israel, when they left Egypt and wandered in the wilderness, they were tested by God ten times. There were ten virgins tested in Matthew chapter 25. Remember, five foolish and five wise. How many commandments are there? There are ten commandments to test our obedience. And in Revelation, at the end of days, there will be ten tests that we'll have to take. Ten tests. So listen, here is the number that God gives us. Ten. Why? Because tithing is a test. And every time you get paid, you take the same test. See, you thought testing was over. I remember the last day of school, last day of college... Woo, I'll never have to take another test again as long as I live. No, no, no. You take a test every time you get paid. I get paid every month, once a month, and, and I have to, when I get my check, I have to say to myself, okay, God, do I trust you? God, do I honor you now? God, do I, do I believe that, that if I honor you, Lord God, you're going to make sure that there's always more than enough in my home, more than enough for me, that, that everything's going to be okay. In fact, I, I, just want to, I just want to pass the test, God, because I want you to know that I love you. It's not so much about, about giving me more stuff or more material possessions. That's not it. God, I care about you, and I am grateful for what you've done, and so I gladly return to you 10%. It's easy to do. It really is easy. It's a test that we all take. If you get paid every week, you get a test every week. If you get paid twice a month, you get a test twice a month. If you get paid on interest or you get paid commission and it comes in here, there, every time there is increase, you take this test. And the number 10 in the Bible represents the number of testing. That's why God said 10%. He didn't say 50. He didn't say 5. He didn't say 8. He said 10. And so God said the tithe is a test. And so we just have to say, God, are you going to provide for me? Are, are, uh, can I just trust you? Can I believe God that no matter what leaves my life, there's always more coming back to me? Amen? I want you to hear from a pastor. He's on TV. His name's Jimmy Evans. And him and his wife, Karen, have a show called Marriage Today. It's a great show on TV. And he pastors in Amarillo, Texas. And he's going to talk about finances. And he's going to talk for just a minute about the first time he started to give. Before he was pastoring, the first time he started to give. Let's check out that video this morning that we have. The way that you make Jesus the Lord of your finances is by giving him the first and best of your finances. Now, I know that what I'm about to say is controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway because of the way it's changed our lives. I believe the first 10% of all the increase that we make should go to our local church. It's, it's called tithing. Now, we've done this for, for many years. When we began to tithe, I made $7,000 that year as a total income. So it's going to be hard for me to feel sorry for you. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> is Karen was a stay-at-home mom. We, Julie, our daughter, who's 32 years old now, she was about one. And Julie was a, Karen was a stay-at-home mom. And we went to church one Sunday, and this, this preacher was preaching on giving. And uh, he stood up in the pulpit. I mean, we were broke. We... The only way we survived was float. 
because every time we got paid, we were already overdrawn. And the, the money got there just in time to cover checks that we'd already written. We never had a nickel in our pockets extra. We lived from paycheck to paycheck. We lived in government housing. You had to be broke to live where we lived, and we slid right in to qualify. I mean, we, you literally had to have just a very low income to live in the houses that we lived in, but we, we easily qualified. We were so broke. So we come home from church, and, and this preacher's been preaching on giving, and Karen says, I'd like to give. And I thought, oh, <laughs> what? And she said, I'd like to give $40. And she, she, she has this little smile on her face, you know, this wicked kind of a little smile on her face. And <laughs> I'd like to give $40. And she's smiling at me and she said, is that okay? And I, it just made me sick, made me sick to my toenails. I, I couldn't believe it. I just never had the concept of giving money to a church. And and I just, she said, well, do you mind? And I thought, well, I've got two choices. We either go bankrupt or God strikes me dead for saying no. And, and really, it's about equal right now, which one that I would take. And I, I, it made me sick. I, I just physically got sick over it. And, and I, she said, do you mind if I give $40 to the church? And I said, Karen, we don't have $40. I, I didn't bother her at all. And she, well, I'd like to give it if you don't mind. And me as a great man of faith, I said, whatever. Well, I mean, I had a terrible, I, I thought we're going we're gonna to die. It's, it, this is terrible. Worst thing ever happened to me in my whole life. And so she gave it. And we didn't have any miracles happen. i just tell you that right now. No, we didn't get a big check in the mail. Because uh, I've heard all the stories. We didn't get a check in the mail. We didn't, I didn't get a raise or anything like that. But the only thing I can tell you, because I had no faith whatsoever. The only thing I can tell you is the next time we got paid, we had money in the bank. I can't, I can't explain. It never happened before. But the next time we got paid, it's like we had like $120 still in our account. It was like we're rich. <laughs> and then... And then she comes up and says, do you mind if I give again? And I thought that, I knew that would happen. You know, we just got ahead. And you want to give it away. And, oh, so she gave again. And so every time, and, and I saw God move in our finances. Not because we got a huge increase in salary or anything like that. It defies a calculator. It honestly does. But See, we were broke, and I've heard people say one time, well, you know, I'm on a fixed income. Let me tell you, in God's economy, there's no such thing as a fixed income, but there is such thing as a cursed income. God can change any financial circumstances. We began to give, and I made $7,000 the entire year and I remember the first time that I did our income tax and we had tithed. Because we didn't tithe for a year or two. We started giving. And we saw God begin to move. But we, I remember the first time we tithed that we'd given 10%. I, I look back at that and, and today we give uh, more than 10% to our, our local church. And besides that, we give to missions organizations and ministries. We love to give. God wants you to be a giver. The number one reason that God wants to financially bless you is so you can bless the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a giver? And the Bible says, given it will be given to you. We begin the giving. 
God's already given. He sent His only begotten Son. He's blessed us. We have, all of us have seed in our pocket, and God blesses the process of sowing and reaping. And so, given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And every time you plant, you reap more than you planted. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured back to you. So it's the blessing of the Lord that makes a man rich. He adds no sorrow to it. But the thrill that you get in the process of financial blessing and prosperity is that you're a giver. You're able to see the blessing of all that you're giving to. So when Karen and I came to this point of surrendering our finances to God, it brought peace into our lives, harmony into our marriage, because we began to pray and God's miracle working power was released. We have seen miracle after miracle after miracle in our finances. And when I look back into our past about praying and about giving and all the things that we've done, I shudder to think if we wouldn't have gone to church that day and started giving. I I shudder to think if I wouldn't have had a woman of God for a wife. Because my wife was the first one who encouraged us to give. And she did it in a, in a sweet way, in a godly way. But I would have not have done it because it just it wasn't my nature to do it. But I'm just encouraging you, surrender your finances, Lord. He's a good father. He will love you. He will do miracles for you. And you will see a peace and prosperity in your life that you will see in no other way. My off day, but but to see an increase, it's just it defies logic. Why? Because it's faith. It is faith. But not only that, did you hear one of the testimonies? And this is so true of of people that I talk to concerning tithing. It's not just financial blessings. See, some of you might think, well, Pastor, I'm actually doing okay. Like we we you know we've got our bills paid. So really, I don't, I don't need this. I'm, I'm okay on my own. Listen, let me just give you a couple of things. It's so much more than financial. God releases his miracle working power through obedience. And let me just tell you, nobody knows what tomorrow brings. Nobody knows what tomorrow brings. You have no idea what could take place in your life. I heard the story of a guy over at the, the Trinity Church, and, and he ended up, uh, getting a lot of money, inherited several, several hundred thousands of dollars, close to a million dollars. Man, and he just started blowing through it, and he started buying toys, and he wasn't a tither, he wasn't a giver, but he just thought, man, I'm going to have fun, I'm just going to enjoy myself, and he did, man. He bought all his toys and enjoyed himself, and, and on the outside, it looked like he had everything together and everything right, and man, he's just coming into all this money, and, and he just thought, wow, I mean, this is so great, and then he got a knock at the door one day, and what he didn't realize is he put a, a, a friend in charge of paying his taxes, Well, guess what? The guy never paid him. So that knock on the door was the IRS. And all of a sudden, they began to tell him, you owe this much and this much and this much. And he watched as they took away car after car, boat, every one of his toys just being carted off, and finally ended up losing his house, and he ended up losing everything. 
See, it's, it's more than just financial. It's, it's so many different ways. But also, listen, nobody knows what tomorrow brings. I don't want you to miss next week. Next week, I'm starting a series on the end times. And we're going to start a series next week. It's going on for several weeks called Pay Attention. Because there's things happening around our nation, around our world, that we really need to pay attention to. I mean, there's things happening politically. There's things happening with Israel. There's things happening with, with all, everything is lining up in different areas. And so listen, we better pay attention. But through it all, we're not going to live in fear. We're not going to live in worry. We're not going to let just, just some of the signs of the time just, just all of a sudden just grip us with this sense of, wow, we, we, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Through it all, we're going to trust God. We're going to believe God. Listen, and that's, the most, that's one of the most important reasons why we need to make sure that we have this area of our, of our life correct because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. But listen, for the giver, for the tither, for the generous person, God's going to take care of us. I promise you that. Because his word tells us he will. So not only is it, this is what tithing is and why 10%. Why, the last question says, why does God want it first? Well, Deuteronomy chapter 8, if you're there, we're going to start at verse number 11. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 11, and here's what it says. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. His judgments and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten in your full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have are multiplied, is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which there were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do good, do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, listen to verse 17, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Verse 18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who has given you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. The reason why God says it has to be first, okay, the first is the tithe. Anything else, regardless of what percentage is, is not the tithe. The first is the tithe. So we give God first. Why? Because it takes faith to give the first. And by giving the first, here's what we're saying. God, I trust you. And I do not forget that it was you who saved me. It's you who delivered me. That I was once lost. I didn't always serve God. That I was, I was away from God. I was on my way to hell. I was totally, totally in sin. And I was all these things. You listen. I will remember, God, that it is you who have blessed me. And so that's why every time I get paid, God gets the first. Because I remember him first. He has just this thing about being first. Not because he's on some ego trip. Just thinks, yeah, I'll just, I'll just kind of, should I say first or last? First or last? Hmm, I wonder. How easy would it be for us to give God the last 
If I was to say to you, you know, uh, God just wants you to pay all your bills and, and take care of you and make sure you have what you need, and then if there's anything left over, if there's 10% left over, give God that 10%. Would it take faith? No, it doesn't take any faith. But do you know the truth of it is this? God knows our heart. And he knows that if we're constantly thinking about ourselves, focused on ourselves, always paying ourselves first, what happens is we forget him. And God does not want to be forgotten. And because he doesn't want to be forgotten, he says it has to be the first 10%. So that you remember that it is God who's given you the power to get wealth. I'm going to ask Mark to come if you would. And we're going to kind of wrap this up here, but I want to tell you, the richest man who ever lived also happened to be the smartest man who ever lived. The Bible calls him the wisest. His name was Solomon, and he said this in Proverbs chapter 3, and I read this this week in my devotion time. Verse number 9 says this, Honor the Lord with all of your increase, with your possessions, and the first fruit of all your increase. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of all of your increase. It's the wealthiest guy in the world said that. The wealthiest man to ever live, the smartest man to ever live said this, it is a matter of honoring God. We take the first and we honor God with it. Now listen, I... I have heard different people have arguments against tithing. Some have said, well, Pastor, you know, that's Old Testament. Here, that's, that's the law. Let me just tell you. Years before the law was ever, hundreds of years before the law was ever written, Abraham tithed. Hundreds of years before the law was written, Jacob tithed. Listen, in Matthew, New Testament, Jesus reaffirmed the principle of tithing in Matthew 23. He said, listen, you ought to tithe. You should tithe. Jesus himself said you should tithe. But I don't understand because I think people who struggle with this, you know what it stems from? A hard heart. For some reason, they just can't grasp the goodness of God. I really think that's what it stems because when you really understand what God has done for you. God gave you his first. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says, Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. God gave you his first, or we could say it like this. Jesus was God's tithe. It really was. God gave his tithe. He gave his first. He gave his best. How can we, with all that he's done for us, how is it possible that we could withhold anything from him? See, this is just something that, to me, it's just that easy. And I understand there's temptations and there's struggles and there's needs and there's bills, and I understand that all. Well, you heard on the guy, a guy on the screen making $7,000 a year. I told you last week what I made when we first got married. I was making more than double that. Man, I feel like I'm rich now. I can't tell that story anymore. I thought, man, that guy's got me beat, but I made $8,000 more than he did. 
And he started tithing. So listen, this is something we ought to do. And it's not just financial, it's for the blessings of God in every area of our life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment today? This is something every married couple needs to talk about, needs to determine for them and for their family. Our kids know, all of my children know that we tithe. They've made money now, they're working jobs, they're tithing. We talk to them about tithing. We want them to know that mom and dad tithe, that we're tithers. I want my children to know that. God's just blessed us so much, and it has nothing to do with me wanting more. I'm blessed. I'm so blessed, but I'm blessed because I get to give. I get to give. I have enough to give, and God, the more I give, the more God blesses me with more. Hallelujah. But even if I never got another dime, with all that he's already done for me, gave me